Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, last week we started a new series, we're calling it The Great King, looking really at the Gospel of Matthew, at the life of Jesus. And I think it's something that we need to do. Because so oftentimes you and I have concepts of God that, can I be honest with you, are sometimes misinformed. You can develop thinking about Jesus because you saw it in a movie or because you heard some preacher say this, or and, and you maybe didn't see it yourself. And, and, and sometimes what we develop in our thoughts about Jesus can actually be wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or we've heard the story so many times in Sunday school, if, like if you grew up in church, you, you, you kind of say, I know that story, but you don't understand the significance of it. You don't understand why it had to take place and how that fits with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? How that fits with you. And that's why we're going through this gospel, because to be honest with you folks, I think we need to develop a love for Jesus again. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you and I could take for granted our salvation. Yeah, he forgives me. Yeah, he died for me. But what does that really mean? How does that really impact me? And what's this thing about a relationship? So we want to we want to talk about that today. We're going to look today at at... Matthew chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 13 through 17, and we're going to look at the whole issue of his baptism. But before we get to that, I want to talk about a dilemma that you and I have. Because, you know, the reality is is that we're, we're faced with a dilemma in our lives. If you're a Christian, you're faced with this dilemma. If you're not a Christian, you're faced with a dilemma anyhow. And, and, and the reality is, is that it, it's manifested in two ways. So we're going to talk about this two ways real quick. Here's the first thing I want you to see about our dilemma. We struggle with truly understanding who Jesus Christ is. We really struggle with that. We struggle with simple things like Him being God. What does that mean? Or we struggle with the reality that He was human. What, what does that mean? Did, you know, we understand what human is, but... How can he be both? How can he be God and human? And, and how can he be perfect? Because in our concept, nobody doesn't sin, but Jesus is perfect. And how can he relate to me? Ever thought about that? How can he understand? That's the second part of it, is that we view Jesus as distant from our experiences. You know what I mean by that? Because you know what's going on in your life. You know the things that you've done. You know the things that you've messed up on. You know the things that you regret and wish you could take back. You know all of that. And then it's like, how can you understand me? You ever wondered that, how God can understand what's going on in your life? You ever wondered how Jesus could really relate to you? See, we, we really struggle with this whole concept of Jesus. Yes, we sing the song, Jesus loves me. But do you truly understand that? I mean, if you're honest, you'd have to say, man, you know what, George? 
Yeah, I, I, I affirm that, I say that, I sing that, but I don't understand it. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, part of being a church of real people is we need to be real, right? And, and, and being real is admitting, I, I can't comprehend it. And I feel so distant from Him, right? We feel distant from Him. That's the dilemma we face. And you say, okay, George, well, you know, yeah, all right, so you've laid it out there, you've exposed it, that's our dilemma. Now, what in the world has that got to do with the baptism of Jesus? Because that's what we're going to talk about today, that's what the next portion is, that's what the next few verses are there, verse 13 through 17 is, is the baptism of Jesus. Okay, so what's our dilemma got to do with it? Because we know the story, right? We know the story about how he goes to John and wants to be baptized, and we and he's baptized. I mean, we've heard it before. We've heard preaching on it before. We've we've we've, we've understood it in Sunday school. Remember the little flannel graphs, you know, John in camel hair, Jesus shows up. How's that got anything to do with our dilemma? Folks, it's got everything to do with your dilemma. It's got everything to do with it, because that's what the baptism was about. It's not just some religious exercise that Jesus went through. He was communicating something. He was communicating something to you and I that we need to understand and comprehend for our lives so that we can get out of our dilemma so that we understand that he's not distant, so that we begin to understand who he is. Did you understand what I'm saying? So you say, okay, George, what is it about this baptism? Well, let's look at it together. Let's look at these verses, first of all, and then look and see what it's trying to tell us here. Look with me at verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying... I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened. To him, And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We're familiar with that. So what are we going to do with that, George? Well, we're going to look, first of all, you, to understand what's going on here, you need to understand the baptism of John. So that's the first thing we're going to look at in this passage. We're going to understand the baptism of John. Remember, they were coming from all over hearing John's message and they were being baptized. So we're going to try to understand what's going on here. What is the significance of this baptism? And then we're going to answer the question, why Jesus? Why did Jesus have to do that? And again, what does that have to do with my dilemma? So let's look at the baptism issue. The baptism issue. If you remember, you just go back a few verses... 
We started off there at verse 13, but if you go back a few verses to verse 5 and 6, look at what it says there in chapter 3. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So let's talk about this baptism. Two things I want you to see here. Two things that I want you to understand about this baptism. First of all, it signified an anticipation of the Messiah. The people who were being baptized, John's baptism, remember, his message was the kingdom of God is at hand. Get ready, repent. So the people came, and in an anticipation of the Messiah coming, they were baptized. It was a symbol in their life that they were looking for something more. Do you understand? Ever been there? I mean, it should be happening in your life, right? I mean, even if things are going well, have you noticed that? Even when things are going really well, and it's like everything you want it to be, you still have a feeling that something's what? Missing? You ever had that going on? Hopefully you do. Because the reality is none of us arrive, right? And, and, and so they were coming. They were like the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's what they're looking for. When they talk about the kingdom, they're talking about the Messiah coming. And so they went out to him to be baptized. Why? It was a symbol of their anticipation that they wanted something more. They were looking for something more. They were looking for this Savior. They were looking for this Messiah in their life. That's the first thing we want to see about this baptism. Is that they were wanting something more, anticipating something more with this baptism. Here's the second thing the baptism that was significant about this baptism. It acknowledged one's sin and the need to change. See, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And what they did was, is when they came to be baptized, they acknowledged, I messed up. I do wrong things. But see, it went one step further. See, that's called confession. That's not called repentance. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference between confession and repentance. Confession says, yeah, I did what you saw me do. Repentance goes one step further, and repentance says, I'm going to change. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's acknowledging the need and acting upon that need to change. That's what repentance is. And so the baptism that's going on here is a baptism of confessing one's sins. I'm messed up and I need to change. Did you understand what I'm saying? That would be pretty fitting for all of us here, right? Because we're all messed up. You may not like that. You may not like to hear that because you think you got your act together. But the fact of the matter is, I am messed up. You're messed up. You might be saying, well, I, can, I know you're messed up, George. You're messed up too. Okay? You're messed up too. I'm just telling you. And the fact of the matter is, some of you don't like this word. Some of you don't like it. You need to change. Okay? You need to change. I need to change. She's not in here, is she? Okay? Talking about Lori. She would be nodding her head. Yes, she's been trying to change me 22 years now. Okay? That's what this baptism was about. Now let's stop for a moment. We can comprehend 
that if we were there, we can comprehend that, yeah, we probably would need to be baptized by that, like that. Because we want something more, right? We're anticipating the Messiah, and we're messed up, and we need to change. So this is a baptism that, you know, we would be fitting candidates for, right? But we're talking about Jesus. And Jesus shows up, the passage tells us. And Jesus goes to John, and he says to John, You baptize me. Now, do you think John's wrong in his reaction? No, I mean, John, John's actually the one who's, who's there, whose ministry is to, to, and to tell that Jesus is coming, that there's one coming after him. Remember he said, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry? And here's Jesus showing up to do a baptism that signifies an anticipation of the Messiah and a confession and a need to change concerning sin. That doesn't make sense to us. Why would he do that? Why Jesus? Why? Folks, that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about this morning. Because that's what's going to answer our dilemma. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what's going to answer your dilemma. Remember what our dilemma is? We don't understand him and we just feel distance from him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he seems so other from us. When you understand why he went and was baptized and why the heavens opened and why God the Father responded audibly, It'll answer your dilemma. So let's look at it together. Look with me. The first thing I want you to see here is this. First thing, why Jesus? Well, we already know this. He should be the one baptizing. Isn't that what John says? Me baptize you? You should be baptizing me. First thing you've got to understand about Jesus, he's perfect. He's not the sinner who needs to confess his sins. He's not the one who's anticipating the Messiah. Because he's the Messiah. If anybody should be baptizing, it should be who? Jesus baptizing others. He shouldn't be the one being baptized. So it's kind of like if you wrap your brain around it for a moment, it's like, holy cow, I understand what that baptism is. Whew. Why? Why you, Jesus? Why? Here's what I want you to see. He was baptized in order to be obedient to the Father. He was baptized to be in, in order to be obedient to the Father. Look what he says there. It's very interesting. If you look with me, he said, Permit it to be so, verse 15, For thus is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. It's fitting for them to fulfill all righteousness. Now, what in the world does that mean, George? What in the world does it mean to fulfill all righteousness? Here's how you fulfill all righteousness. Obedience to God. He's saying to John, you need to let me do this. Permit it to be so. Because what I'm doing 
is going to fulfill all righteousness because I'm being obedient to God. I'm being obedient to the Father. So here's the perfect one who doesn't need to do it, but he's doing it for a reason. Because God wants him to do it. God the Father wants him to do it. Because it has some sort of special meaning for you and I, and it answers our dilemma. It answers our dilemma. So what is it? Here's the next point. By being baptized, Jesus identifies with sinners. By being baptized, Jesus identifies with sinners. Here's what I want you to see now. Here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to comprehend. And we're especially going to see this next week when we talk about the temptations. Who is your substitute for your sin on the cross, folks? Jesus. Why could he do that? Why could the perfect God-man who did not sin, who never sinned, who was perfect, okay? How could the, the perfect Son of God, fully God, fully human, how could he, who never sinned, be the one to sacrifice himself for you? How, how could that be possible? Because I'm the one who owes the debt, right? I'm the one who messed up. I'm the one who's got to pay the penalty for my sin, right? Is that not true? You, you better say yeah, okay? Because you, you're, I mean, I'm not owning your stuff, okay? And you don't want to own my stuff, right? Uh, nobody, we, we just, and you probably don't even want to own your own stuff. You know what I'm saying? But you got to, you got to own your own stuff. Now, but here's the, here's the situation. Here comes Jesus and he says, I'll take your stuff for you. Isn't that awesome? But how can he do that? Because here's the dilemma. We think he's so separate from us. We think he's so distant from us. We don't understand him. This is why the baptism is so important, folks. Because in the baptism, the baptism we can relate to. Because we want something more and we got stuff to confess, right? We've got stuff to change in our life, right? Is that not true? So Jesus comes along. Because he's going to be the sacrifice. He's going to be the substitute for us. And he does an act that purely identifies with us. He allows himself to be baptized with a baptism that expresses a confession of sin and the need for a Messiah, for something more. Why? Because he identifies with you. He identifies with you. He reaches out of his supreme holiness and brings himself, this is what's happening here, he brings himself down to your level. Now do you understand? He who dwelt in heaven Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, took on the form of a bondservant, a slave, in obedience to the Father, to the cross, 
That's humility. He humbled himself to bring himself, are you listening to me, folks, down to your level. That's identification. That's why he had to be baptized. He was doing it in obedience to the Father so that righteousness would be fulfilled. The cross is righteousness, folks. His identifying and taking our sins. That's righteousness. So that he could identify with you and I. Now do you understand how it answers your dilemma? Here's the thing. Think back to our dilemma. Our dilemma is is that, man, I I don't understand you, Jesus. And man, here's what we say. I feel so distant from you. Isn't that what we use? We like that word, feel. I feel. I feel distant from you. You know what? Get rid of your feelings. Because the initiative of God isn't you reaching out to Him. He reaches out to you and brings Himself down to what? Our level. Wow. That's, that's, that just blows your mind. Do you understand now why we gotta study who this Jesus is? Cause you probably never thought of that before. You probably never comprehended that before. And, and the reality is, listen to me, the reality is, is that look with me, the Father approved of Jesus and His work. Look at what the Father does. I mean, the heavens open up, verse 16, and when He was baptized, Jesus came immediately from the water, and, and behold, the heavens were opened, and He saw the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit, descending on Him like a dove and alighting on Him. And then verse 17, suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. God speaks up and says, Wow! This is my Son, I'm proud of Him! Because he's coming down to our level. Isn't that awesome? Now do you understand what we've got to talk about Jesus so we can fall in love with him again? I mean, he is bringing himself down to where you and I are at. And if you really understand the stuff in your life, your first response would be, why would he do that? Why would he bring himself down to there? Because I'm messed up. You know, If if you don't say you're messed up, you're messed up. Because you need to recognize you're messed up. Do you understand? You need to recognize you are messed up. And you have a need for the Savior. And the fact that the Savior... Listen, it's all the initiative of God. John didn't say, oh, there's Jesus. You know, we've got to do this thing, Jesus. No, John didn't say that. Jesus said, we got to do it. John's saying, no, 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 you should be the one baptizing. Jesus says, no, we got to do this. Because it's an obedience issue. Then John says, okay, all right, I'll do it. Because he's bringing himself down to our level. You say, okay, George, how, how, do, how do we take this now? How do we, how do we bring it down to where I can comprehend it and, and address the dilemma in my life? Well, I'm going to give you two questions and I'm going to give you an action point. 
Now, again, with the questions, I don't want you just to think about them right now. I want you to ponder them. I want you to get alone. I want you to, when you're driving in your car, turn the tunes off. Think about it for a moment. But here's what it is. First one. Are you struggling to understand Jesus? Are you struggling to understand Jesus Christ? Now, the initial response, if you're honest with yourself, and if you're real, it needs to be, yeah, I'm struggling. Hey, look, I've been pastoring for a long time now. I can tell you I'm struggling with understanding Jesus. I wouldn't be a human being if I... I mean, nobody could comprehend who he is. So you need to answer yes to that, but you got to think about it for a moment. Why are you struggling to understand him? Are you struggling to understand Jesus? That's the first one you've got to wrestle with, because that's going to expose the dilemma that you're in. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's going to expose the dilemma that you're in. Here's the thing. In your brokenness, do you long for something more? Oh, you've got to be honest about that one, don't you? When it's just you, and you're looking in the mirror... Do you long for something more? You know, the older you get, you realize that more and more, don't you? I know I'm realizing that. I didn't think like that when I was in my 20s, because, hey, i got my life ahead of me, I'm going to do all this. I'm getting close to 50 now. (laughs) I need him. Do you long for something more? Hey, you could even be in church. You could be going to church all your life, doing all the right things, showing up all the time, giving, volunteering for this, and carrying the Bible, and all this stuff, and and, and still be left empty, right? Because you're longing for something more, right? See, those are the questions you've got to wrestle with, because that exposes your dilemma. So what do we do about it, George? What do we do about it? Ask the Spirit to help you to seek Jesus with your whole heart. That's what you got to do. You got to go to Him and say, Holy Spirit, help me to seek the one who's seeking me. Folks, that's what the baptism is. It's Him seeking us, it's Him bringing Himself down to our level. And He's reaching out to you. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to reach back. Do you understand what I'm saying? To quit snubbing Him. Think about that. Oh, I don't really understand Him. and Oh, I, I, I long for something more, but you're snubbing Him. Reach back. Reach out. Recognize that He loves you. Now here's the awesome thing. He will answer your dilemma. Do you hear me? Do you believe He can? then you better reach out to Him. Because if you reach out to Him, He will reach back out to you. 
Because he already did. He reached out and died on the cross for you. I mean, if he went that far for you, do you think he'll not reach out a little bit further for you? But you've got to want him in your life. You need to do that. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.